Hello, and welcome to the Stat Financial Health EMS Personal Finance Podcast, powered by GEMS. I'm your host, Sean Britton, and joined today by Dr. Devin Howell, Assistant Medical Director, Northwell EMS. Devin and I go back a long ways, having first met when he was an undergraduate at Binghamton University. He was a newer EMT when we first became acquainted. And today we're going to be talking about the long road ahead, staying the course, and how you can achieve your goals over time. So with that, I'd like to welcome Devin and ask him to provide the listeners with background of his journey from EMT to Assistant Medical Director of one of the largest EMS agencies in the nation. Welcome, Devin. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be here. So my background, um, kind of an unusual one. So Obviously, as you mentioned, we started off at Binghamton University together, and that's back now in uh, 2010. And when I started there, my original goal was to start under uh, an engineering degree. So started, you know, like every normal college student. And my background prior to that was a lot of fire department involvement. So I was a volunteer all throughout high school. And then when I started in college, pretty much the first week, I decided that I wanted to continue with my fire experience. So first week comes along, I tried to join the local fire department and found out that in New York State, you can't do it because you're able to collect a pension eventually. So my next resort was to start with EMS. I figured they're both emergency services. We can uh, do kind of the same thing. And I was already going for my EMT. So wound up getting involved in Harper's Ferry Ambulance, which is obviously how me and you first became acquainted. And then as everybody loves talking about, you know, I got the the EMS bug. So from there, I wound up getting my critical care card. I joined a couple local volunteer agencies. At one point, I decided that, you know, I'm volunteering a lot of my time, but I can also be compensated for this. So I joined one of the commercial agencies and it turned into a part-time gig, which was always nice as a college student being pretty much broke to have, you know, a little paycheck coming in on the side. So once I started evaluating kind of my future goals, um, I, you know, it was a conversation with, with my father and we were discussing kind of just my, my day-to-day routine. And I would talk a lot about all the medical calls and all the things that were happening at the EMS agency. And I was talking very little about, you know, just like my schoolwork in general. So at one point my dad actually pulled me aside and he's like, you know, you talk a lot about this medical stuff. Why, why don't you go to medical school? And, you know, I had always done well in school, but I never fully enjoyed school. So to me, going to four years of additional schooling was, was like unheard of. So it took a lot of uh, inner thought in order to really assess my, what my future would be. And we wound up kind of taking the deep dive late into my junior year. So totally changed my career path, decided to go pre-med. I went to a a newer school that was in upstate New York and actually got to move back home for four years while I did that. Uh, At the time, I got to join my fire department again, become active, you know, and and the thing that really started me down this pathway, which was nice. And then from then on, everything's kind of just history. Took the, the usual flow, medical school to residency. I wound up keeping with the EMS background again, doing an EMS fellowship with FDNY and Northwell. And uh, just this July, I finished all my schooling and, and now we're, we're starting in the big leagues. So this was a journey, you synthesized it well in, in under a minute, but this was about a 13 year journey in the making. And 
there were a lot of steps along the way, and I'm guessing a lot of hours spent with a nose in a textbook, memorizing anatomy and physiology, preparing for your MCATs, uh, applying to different medical schools along the way, and then being in medical school. What kept you going? How were you able to stay the course over many years to get to where you are today? Honestly, the best advice I'd have is just creating short-term goals. With it being that far away, it's really hard to look at it and say, you know, in 10 years, I'm going to be a practicing attending. Um, you have to kind of break it down into bite-sized pieces. So when I was an undergrad, you know, it was a scramble because I was changing majors to incorporate all the prerequisites. So it was, you know, okay, this semester I take this and then next semester I take that. And then from that point, then I take the MCAT. So then, you know, just things kind of rolled downhill. You, you finish your courses, then you're studying for your, your MCAT. You finally finish your MCAT and then you're just waiting for the results. Then you finally get the results and then you're waiting to apply. You finally apply, you're waiting to get in and so on and so forth. So you just have to look at the short term ahead. I would say, you know, look just like a few months in the future and how you're going to conquer that goal. And then once you accomplish that, then you kind of just look towards the next thing. You know, there's there's no reason if you're still early in your career and, you know, just taking your prerequisites or getting ready for your MCAT, there's no reason to worry about getting into medical school because you're not even applying yet. So I would just take it one step at a time. So along the way, and I think this, you, this was already partially answered, but if you could dive into it more, you know, fear or uncertainty, or if you miss on one of the short-term goals, did, did that ever happen? And how, how best can you overcome that? So I definitely, you know, I've had shortcomings. It wasn't an easy path for me having changed majors and everything. Um, you know, I, I applied, applied broadly to a lot of medical schools and obviously didn't get as many interviews and such as I would have liked, but, um, you also have to be kind of goal oriented, right? If, if your goal is to go to medical school and you get even one interview, then that's one more step towards achieving that goal. You know, obviously you want to increase your chances and things like getting as many interviews as possible, but um, it really only takes that, that one chance that somebody gave you in order to fully accomplish it. So I had plenty of setbacks, you know, school, school being one of it, um, there's plenty of times where, you know, just a test or something didn't go well. So that always kind of brings things back. Um, another big kind of um, obstacle that I had to face was when I was going through medical school, you have to determine, you know, what fellowship and or what residency rather you're going to apply to. So one thing that I found hard was coming from an EMS background, I, I got to dabble in a lot of different things. And when I started in school, I kind of figured that I wanted to be an emergency physician, but I also wanted to keep my my ideas open to other things. So I started my rotations and my first one was actually OBGYN and I thought it would be something that I hated and I actually truly loved the rotation. Um, it was a nice mix of surgical skills and clinical skills. And then as I went from every rotation forward, you know, I did internal medicine. I was like, ah, oh, I kind of like this. I did trauma surgery, I kind of like this. And, then when I put everything together and I said, wait, I'm liking all these fields, what combines all these fields together? And the answer is emergency medicine. You get to do a little bit of everything all in one. So wound up kind of coming full circle and, and ending up right back in my roots there. So how much would you say coming full circle, coming back to your roots, how much did your background and experience in EMS 
prepare you to be the physician you are today? I think the background really gave me a broad picture of everything that was going on. Um, a lot of people that wind up going to medical school, if they don't have truly like a clinical background, um, I think that they're just missing that piece of things, especially if you wind up in the emergency department. You know, you're always going to be trained to understand to a much more thorough level everything that's going on medically with a patient. But you also only get one piece of the picture. You're only seeing the patient when, you know, they're possibly stabilized or cleaned up or, you know, what have you. And then they're delivered to you almost like a package in the emergency room. And that's not to say that you don't get, you know, toss some patients that are critical or that are kind of a mess, but um, you truly miss that pre-hospital component. So having the background in EMS, I think, really gave me that complete picture of what it's like for somebody to start having a, a, a medical emergency or what they deem to be a medical emergency and calling for help and being the first one to get there to actually assist them and extricating them from whatever their living environment is and to, you know, actually be giving that first level of care before they come in. So I think, unfortunately, from the hospital standpoint, if you're missing that component, then you're just not getting the full picture. So the parallel that your journey over many years has to personal finance is everyone would like to retire one day. Uh, people would like to be comfortable financially. And getting to that end goal can seem overwhelming. It's uh, a series of a lot of little steps along the way, little wins. You start investing in an employer-based retirement account. You make sure you have the right insurance. You do a lot of little steps in order to one day achieve the goal. And because of compound interest, you can achieve the goal, but it can sometimes even take uh, many years and decades. So drawing from your own career and your pathway from EMT to assistant medical director, board certified physician, what general advice would you give people about staying the long-term path to achieve the goal they want to get to, even if, even if, and there probably will be some bumps and setbacks along the way? So the biggest thing is, you, you know, the numbers are going to be big. Whenever you go to medical school, your tuition and everything is going to be large. The numbers are going to be shocking. Um, but you just have to know that there are things out there that can help you. So saving as early as possible. Like I mentioned, working through college, I was actually able to save up a good amount and I paid for a year of medical school from my bank account before I even went. So that saved me a lot in interest over time. Um, and now I'm just kind of chipping away at the other three years of it. But um, there's, you know, a lot of different resources. So you mentioned, you know, if you have savings accounts and compound interest, you can do investments prior. Um, things like PSLF, the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, is something that's still in, in, in effect. And, you know, I've heard countless stories of people getting hundreds of thousands of dollars that um, are relieved by the government. So there's always, you know, different types of programs regarding that. Um, different employers also provide tuition loan reimbursement. So, again, while the numbers can be very striking, you just got to remember that there is help and assistance out there. Everybody kind of gets through it eventually in, in their own time. And, you know, as a physician, you are very well paid. So, um, you know, as, as long as it takes to achieve that goal, the numbers will come and, and you'll be able to succeed. So parting thoughts for our listeners, anything you would share with anyone who has a goal that Maybe like in your early days when you thought medical school was a little beyond you 
and in hindsight, you clearly crushed it. What would you what would you say to anyone who has some self-doubt about a goal that they think is just too large for them at this point? So as I alluded to earlier, you just got to take everything and kind of chop it up into bite-sized pieces. Have smaller goals, things that are in more of the short term that you're going to try to accomplish. And then you always have, you know, that big goal kind of towards the end of things. So um, one thing that was nice in medical school is that we did our white coat ceremony pretty much in the beginning of school before we even went to clinical rotations. And some schools do it after your second year when you're done with your didactics and you actually start your clinicals. And the dean of the school said, we do this early in our program because we want that white coat hanging in your closet. And we want you to see what the end goal is. And you know now you have some tangible thing that you can go put on. You can look at yourself in the mirror and you can see what your future will hold. So it's always good to have, to have that like long-term thing, but by chopping it into bite-sized pieces, that's a big thing. Um, I'd also say things like getting a mentor, having somebody that you can speak to that's already been through the process. They can kind of lead you where you might not know the path that you're kind of taking. They'll help guide and direct you. Um, and always try to make as many uh, as many connections as you can because you never know what doors those people are going to open. And I owe a lot in my career currently to um, people that I met and and people that helped me and mentored me. So, so I have to ask the follow up on that. Please tell us more about your experiences with mentors who helped you along the way to get to where you are. Yeah. So. I've had countless mentors, um, really all like had, you know, different goals that they were kind of helping me achieve. So whether it was, you know, early in my EMS career, people who, you know, were saying you're a great EMT, you should become a medic and then kind of push me to, to do that goal. Um, people who are my preceptors and helped shape my clinical practice, um, had a lot of help, like from the hospital systems down there, different physicians that were giving me advice people who are getting me involved in, in early activities and helping me kind of move my way through the ranks. Um, when he came to down here, you know, I, I got myself involved in a lot of residency projects, working with different leadership from, from different organizations. So um, when it came to like applying to fellowship and applying to jobs, um, I luckily had a lot of connections from, from those locations. So and, uh, it, it really helped me truly to get to, to where I am right now. So I owe a lot to that. That's that's very helpful insight. And I'm for for you know, the podcast is is brief, so we only get a window into into Dr. Devin Howell. But as someone who has known you for over a decade at this point, I would say that the appreciation you show towards people who help you and also your uh, your humility as you've advanced and accomplished really amazing things, I'm sure all the more reason why so many people are uh, grateful to know you and happy to help you in any way they can. Thank you. So with that, this has been an interview with Dr. Devin Howell, Assistant Medical Director, Northwell Health, about goals, long-term goal setting, staying the course as you pursue your goals. This has been the Stat Financial Health EMS Personal Finance Podcast powered by GEMS. If you want to reach out to Dr. Howell or me, you can reach us through statfinancialhealth.com. Send us a message. We'd be happy to uh, be in touch. Until next time, thank you to our audience.